What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Make sure you hit the like button, comment, subscribe, do all the good stuff, turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops or drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Share this out. Also, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and all the good stuff. So, another preview pod once again. We are facing the New England Patriots, and this is going to be one of the worst offensive games you'll see. Actually, it might be a little bit better than the worst offensive game you'll see because I don't know that anything matches that Jets game that we had earlier in the season. And there's a few injuries on the Giants side of the ball that are going to allow New England, in my personal opinion, to kind of take advantage of the run if they're willing to do it. Um, you know, there's obviously some guys coming back for the Giants. There's some guys that are probably not playing. Some guys that are not 100%. And New England, let's face it, they are one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Their quarterback is not good. Um, and I think Patriot fans will even tell you that. They're not structural. And, like, I'm not going to say that the Giants are the superstar, high-flying, you know, air raid offense or whatever the case may be in systematic terms or just comments or whatnot. But it just always seems like the last two years, the Patriots have been running their offense from the 1990s. It's a lot of back shoulder stuff, running by committee, which obviously you know, NFL teams do now, but it just doesn't look very modern. The concepts don't look very modern. And last year they had, um, who the hell, they, they had somebody as their offensive coordinator. He got fired and then they brought in Bill O'Brien and they really haven't done much more. Now, of course, maybe if you change the quarterback, it could change a couple of different things. They also don't have any admirable wide receivers that are threats. Um, you know, Demario Douglas has gotten some reps within the last few games, a little bit more. Devontae Parker is that 50-50 ball guy, which is perfect for, this, for the system that they run. And Juju Smith-Schuster is coming from the slot. So um, that's basically their offense also with Hunter Henry at tight end. They got some offensive line issues. As far as what the Giants are facing, and of course we'll get into specifics and things to look for like we always do, um, Giants offensively, I think they're going to have to attack it via the passing game. Something that they did last week, obviously they only accumulated something like 245 yards, but they attacked Washington's weak defense and got Jack Del Rio fired a week later, combined that with the horrible performance against the Dallas Cowboys. But um, they're not terrible against the pass, but they do give up a lot of big plays, a lot of busted coverages, a lot of different stuff downfield where against the run they are actually pretty good and that's what the Giants kind of focus on they focus on running the football a little bit more than they pass the football um, but real quickly I do want to you know comment a little bit on my experience uh, at the Jets game and of course meeting Michael Strahan and uh, I was told the day before Thanksgiving hey listen uh, we got tickets to go to the Fox Thanksgiving thing um, because they, there was the parade um, held in Manhattan. And then to the side, they had the Fox uh, you know, show for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. So you know, dealing with a Karen and dealing with all these other idiots. Um, you know, I was in the back for the pregame show. Then the halftime show is like, I, 
I was right there, as you guys saw. If you guys didn't see anyone, or if you guys didn't think you saw me, I was in the blue jacket, and I'm 25 on one of these patches, Giants, with a thing on here. Um, but, you know, with that on the table, I was standing straight from 9.30 to 4 o'clock. But, um, you know... So halftime show and post game show, I was visible on TV, which was you know always fun, and uh, of course I wanted to get a picture with Terry Bradshaw. I wanted to, but um, you know because he was the most social with everybody. But at the time he was talking it with everybody, I I was not up against the gate like I was. Um, I almost got a picture with Howie Long, but in the shot that I took of me and him, he was look at the camera. He was signing at someone else's ball. So I'm like, fuck, that's not gonna work. So. When Michael Strahan came over to sign someone else's ball, I'm like, hey, Mike, you know, uh, take a quick picture for a Giants fan. And, you know, obviously he was willing to do it. So that was fun. And, of course, the Jets game, you know, uh, the food was okay. The food was okay in the media press box room. And I know this really doesn't have to relate to, uh, you know, obviously this podcast episode. But also as well, I want to detail my experience in the press box again, which I will be on Sunday for the Giants. And also as well, like, we're not going to have a guest on because I've reached out to multiple Patriots people. They did not reply. Um, so it's, you're going to hear, you know, obviously all the Patriots stuff through me and my research, of course. But, uh, yeah, uh, when I tell you that everybody, including a former professor of mine who you guys may or may not know because he's on um, uh, 1010 Wins as the news update news update guy for the uh, sports segments. um when I tell you everybody was laughing in the press box when Javon Holland took that back for 100 yards, everybody was dying of laughter, including myself. That's how sad the Jets franchise is. But anyway, we got to move on. So here's the injury report for this week. We'll start with the New England Patriots, and this is, of course, the Bill Belichick way of doing things. They always list questionable, questionable, questionable. They're playing the gamesmanship game. This is a Belichick thing. So everybody was limited and participation that is questionable throughout the week. So we got Jawan Bentley, hamstring injury. We got Trenton Brown. He's got an ankle injury. We got Jonathan Jones, knee injury. Devontae Parker, questionable with a concussion. Riley Reef, questionable with a knee injury. Special teamer Matt Slater, questionable with an ankle injury. And Dietrich Wise, questionable with a shoulder injury. You move to the Giants, and things are surprising in some ways. Things are surprising, not really, in other ways. So Evan Neal's out with an ankle injury. I'm pretty sure, well, maybe pretty sure, but he should be back after the bye. I would be a little surprised if he's not. This one kind of just jumped out at me on Wednesday. I'm like, okay, this is not necessarily the most normal of circumstances. Dexter Lawrence is doubtful with a hamstring injury. Notice how I said at the beginning of the show, the Giants might be ran on a little bit more than passed on, because that guy's going to be out of the game. And Darius Slayton with a neck injury, which could hamper the Giants' offense, because Slayton, it seems like he is the most comfortable, not he, but like, DeVito's the most comfortable with him as a wide receiver, as he was last week, and in Dallas a little bit. Seems like those two had a rhythm, and Slayton could do a couple of different things that some of these other wide receivers can't. You know, he's a traditional wide receiver, and with that on the table, 
you know, Jalen Hyatt, Wondell Robinson, and I don't know who else is going to kick in. Sterling Shepard. I'm not too favorable on that corner. Not that I've really been astounded isn't the right word. Not that I've been blown away by the play of Darius Slayton this season. But it's still a loss to have him not playing on Sunday. So he's doubtful. And then Eric Gray is questionable with an ankle injury. So he's expected to return. Um, You know, obviously they are going to activate him off the IR. At least that's the hope. And Deion Jackson was cut, so he kind of filled the role for a few weeks. But all I'm asking is please, 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 please leave Gunnar Olszewski as the returner. Do not do Eric Gray. Paris Campbell can still kick return. Please, just don't do that to Eric Gray. I don't know why they're trying to justify this fifth-round pick by putting him on special teams when it clearly doesn't work. So anyway, moving forward. We got the team stats. It's not good for either team offensively. The Patriots, 26th in total yards, 22nd in passing offense, 26th in rushing offense, 31st in points per game. Defensively, 16th in total yards, 19th against the pass, 10th against the run, 24th in points per game. Then you take a look at the analytics side of things. They're 8th in pass percentage, 25th in run percentage, 16th in pass percentage on first down, 10th in run percentage on first down. 4th in blitz percentage, 15th in pressure percentage, and 29th in sacks. Giants, 31st in total yards per game. Now, we thought they were 32nd, but after the Jets' performance on Friday, we are now 31st, so we moved up a spot. Woo, woo. 32nd in passing offense, 13th rushing, and 32nd in points. Defensively, 28th in total yards, 22nd against the pass, 28th against the run, and 28th in points per game. Uh, Analytically, offensively, 25th in pass percentage, 8th in run percentage, 29th in pass percentage on first down, and 11th in run percentage on first down. And then, of course, we do have the defensive analytics, the second in bliss percentage, which when I looked at the stats, I was very surprised in some sort of ways that the um, Patriots blitz as much as they do because they blitz the fourth most in the NFL. And I'm like, hmm, that's quite interesting because they don't have Brian Flores anymore. It's either Steve Belichick or Gerard Mayo calling the calls on defense. Um, then 19th in pressure percentage and 27th in sacks. So we go to things to look for. And that thing I talked about earlier twice, even on the injury report, Exploiting no Dexter Lawrence. This is not a good running team, and that's for the New England Patriots. They rank 26th, and we already know this is not going to be a high-octane offensive game. We know that. You know, it's going to be a keep-away session. It's going to be play defense, run the football, move the chains, time of possession. And Dexter Lawrence being out is a big, 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 big minus for the New York Giants. And, you know, if Leonard Williams was on this team, I still would say that because Leonard Williams is not as impactful as Dexter Lawrence. And this is going to be the first game Dexter Lawrence misses in the NFL due to injury. He didn't play against the Bears two years ago. I don't know why he was active, but he didn't play. Um, Maybe he got benched or something, but that was the Joe Judge era. Speaking of, we are facing Joe Judge this game. Um, But exploiting no Dexter Lawrence, I expect him to do that. Now, they've had some injuries on the offensive line, 
and this is going to be a test. We talk about evaluation periods, right? We talk about, oh, we got to, you know, see who's coming back next year, see who's doing this, you know, who's going to be part of the future. Ashawn Robinson is going to be one of the main starters. I would expect Raheem Nunez Roches on his other side, but also DJ Davidson and Jordan Riley to play. Jordan Riley still healthy and active with Dexter Lawrence out. I don't think that's a smart decision at all. Now, of course, we have yet to see who they elevate, uh, probably bring up another wide receiver or something like that, or maybe another quarterback. I don't know personally, but uh, with that on the table, I think that Jordan Riley gets more playing time, DJ Davidson. So, and again, this is not some like great offensive line. The health on the offensive line has been a little bit of an issue for the New England Patriots, but it looks as their interior is healthy. City so David Andrews and their left guard Cole Strange. So, um, Dexter Lawrence, unfortunately, looks like he's not going to play, and that's where New England is probably going to run it a little bit more with Ramondre Stevenson and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, the other thing is, too, if you guys didn't hear during the week, Mr. Bobby Okereke is playing with a fractured rib. So he's not at 100%. And I give him all the creds in the world for playing with a fractured rib. Me, personally, again, this is the fan... Rooting for losses coming out in me, I would sit him, right? You know, you don't want to prolong something for the future. He tears his rib, tears something else, and, you know, he's out for, you know, the rest of the year and possibly next. I don't want that to happen. And this guy has played really well for the Giants, but, you know, he's going to play. He wants to play, and good for him. But we might not see 100% of Bobby Okereke either on the field or just in snap percentages. So, the Giants with more of a pass. New England's ability to give up explosive plays. Darius Slayton, uh, he's the lead receiver on offense right now. Or at least the lead wide receiver. It's down to Sterling Shepard, Jalen Hyatt, and Wandale Robinson. And I can't trust 100% of those guys yet. Now, Wandale's been inconsistent at times. But, you know, I think he... Uh, I think, obviously, he's got to get his feet under him a little bit more. And, you know, when he gets the ball, he can make guys miss. Jalen Hyatt, deep threat. Again, he's more of that chunk play guy. So that's how they might use him in that area. But he's not like, oh, he's going to get six catches for 89 yards. It doesn't look like he's that this year. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. You could also factor in a guy we've completely forgotten about. And I'm not talking about Paris Campbell. I'm talking about Isaiah Hodgins, who I think last game saw a little bit more in snaps with a couple of guys going down and, you know, the rotations of the wide receivers. So I think you'll see Hodgins maybe trying to take that Slayton role, though Slayton creates a little bit more separation. So I would tend to say Isaiah Hodgins uh, gets a little bit more of the offensive snaps. And, you know, hopefully during the week, Tommy DeVito went to another wide receiver and said, hey, you're going to be my best bud this week. Um, again, Jonathan Jones is questionable. We don't know if he's going to play or he's not going to play. The stats aren't too bad on the corners, though they are missing some key pieces. Um, you know, you take a look at Matt Judon. You take a look in the secondary at Jonathan Jones, who's questionable, if I didn't mention that already, and Juwan Bentley. So they they might miss some pieces on defense. And also Christian Gonzalez, too, who was playing really well before the injury. Also something I didn't mention before when it came to defense for the New York Giants. And we'll talk about defense, you know, for the rest of the way till players to watch is Jihad Ward possibly on the interior defensive line just to boost up some help. I think the Giants could definitely go with, like, 
a three defensive line rotation and then maybe two on the edge. So kind of like a three whatever something something, right? You know, three interior defensive linemen instead of the traditional two. Uh, two was it the two three five they play in this defense or is it like the two four five or the two three six something like that but um i would imagine that jihad would get some playing time on the interior just to throw the new england patriots off now they probably have studied that let's be completely honest and transparent with ourselves but um you know they're gonna need in more ways than one some pressure and just some distractions because Dexter Lawrence is not there and he created a lot of havoc and Aziz has not been consistent. Let's be completely fair with ourselves. I don't think he's even touched the quarterback this year. Maybe he has and I just haven't seen it, but that goes to the next one. More blitz with Kayvon is the only proven rusher to mess up Mac Jones. And during the week, Bill Belichick was like, yeah, you know, uh, wink blitzes a lot and we need someone with experience to be able to handle that. And that could point to maybe Bailey Zappi is not the starter. They have not named a starter yet. They've not named a starter. So I'm going to go with the assumption that it's going to be Mac Jones. But still, Mac Jones is not a mobile quarterback. He's not going to sit here, take off and run, or he's not going to sit here and, you know, do some naked boot or, you know, do some of these other things as well. But I would tend to believe that the Giants blitz a little bit more kind of like they did in the preseason game when we first saw the Dable coaching staff. But this is like a real game. Kayvon Thibodeau coming off the edge. Um, And obviously you'll throw in Boogie Basham and all these different guys. Maybe some DB blitzes too. I think they'll need some help on that. You know, Jason Pinnock coming off the edge maybe, Xavier McKinney. So I I think the blitz is going to be more. Maybe they do play some zone coverage, but I don't really recommend it because you could – I think the Giants, though Dexter Lawrence is out, and Okereke's hurt. I do think the Giants have the personnel to pull off a defensive win, not an offensive win. Because I think they outman everybody on the offensive side of the ball for New England. So, let's go into the players to watch. We'll start with Mac Jones, a quarterback. He has not had a good year. 10-10. Who knows? He might go 30 for 30. Not really. There's not enough time in the year. Um, anyway, 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Total of a 65.4 completion percentage, 2,031 yards, 203 yards per game, which is pretty bad. Again, we talked about the passing category for New England. And then just in case, Bailey Zapp, 10 of 25, 40% completion, 104 yards, and one interception, which came against the Indianapolis Colts, where they scored something like six points. So, uh, rushing-wise, Ramondre Stevenson. Three touchdowns on the year, 3.8, 3.8 yards per carry, 48.2 yards per game, 482 yards. Then you got Ezekiel Elliott, 331 carry, uh, 331 carries, that would be a lot. 331 yards, 86 carries, 3.8 yards per carry, and two touchdowns, 33.1 yards per game. And they also have Ty Montgomery and Jamichael Hasty, but those are the top guys that get the ball. Um, you look at the receiving game, Kendrick Bourne's the lead receiver. We will not see him because of the season-ending injury. So now Demario Douglas has taken over as that, you know, wide receiver one-ish. Right? He's got five plays over 20. He's got 361 yards. He's looking for his first touchdown. And he came out of the draft this year. I don't. I think he came out of Liberty. I think he did because I remember seeing his name. And I'm like, this guy's got to be a small school guy. He played Liberty. 
So, um, again, he's probably going to go up against either Deontay Banks, Dory Jackson, or Cordell Flott. Uh, I would bet more of Banks or Jackson because he's not a slot wide receiver. But um, I think both of them could, like, shut him down if the Giants play man coverage. Hunter Henry, three touchdowns on the season, one big play over 20. Again, mostly, you know, the check downs and the shorter plays. 298 yards on 30 catches. Ramondre Stevenson also out of the backfield. No touchdowns. Two big plays over 20. 32 receptions. 229 yards. And I think that pretty much covers it for, you know, the main explosive guys on the New England Patriots offense. Not that this offense is explosive exclusively, but just pointing out the main targets that you're going to have to find out about. I mean, targets you're going to have to see. And also Mike Gusecki is also in there as well. Might as well throw in that name. Um, 182 yards, one touchdown, and total of 21 catches. And then everybody else is just like, it's not good in terms of yardage. Like, Juju is only 149 yards. There's got to be some career lows, man. Like, seriously. Like, there's got to be some career low, uh, career lows that try saying that five times fast. Devontae Parker, 158 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, Schuster, Juju Smith-Schuster, one touchdown, 149 yards. Like, that's not good, man. I mean... I I don't know any reason, and everybody always, you know, came up with the, the nonsense of, oh, you know, OBJ is going to sign with New England. No, this wide receiver, he's going to go to New England. Oh, Antonio Brown, well, Antonio Brown was a Patriot, but oh, Michael Thomas is going to go to New England. It's like, why would you want to go to New England with that piss-fucking-poor offense? Like, no matter who's running it, it's just, that's the, that's the whole thing. But anyway, um... With that on the table, I think Matt Patricia was the offensive coordinator last year, if I'm not mistaken. And Joe Judge was a QB coach. So we go to the offensive line, and they've had their fair share of struggles, fair share of like injuries, but overall they haven't been like piss poor bad. Uh, Trenton Brown, who's questionable, two sacks, two penalties on the year. Cole Strange, two sacks, two penalties as well. David Andrews, one penalty and three sacks given up, two penalties, one sack given up by City So, and Mike Onwenu. Four sacks and one penalty given up. And then the backup behind Trenton Brown is Vidarian Lowe. And we're going to look his stats up because it's possible that Trenton Brown does not play. Uh, Lowe on the season, four sacks allowed, two penalties. So if he does play and Trent Brown does not, either they could stick Riley Reef in there, which is very much possible, as, you know, obviously we talked about on the injury report. And Reef this season, as a New England Patriot, if PFF wants to cooperate with me. Okay, obviously they do not, so... I'm just looking up the sack stats, because that's the only thing they do well. So he hasn't given up a sack penalty. Um, They list him as a guard on PFF, but I think he's really a tackle. And on the depth chart, I believe he might be on IR, or at least not on the depth chart. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, Reef is a better option than Vidarian Lowe. If Vidarian Lowe does play, if Aziz does not get a sack from the left side, I'm going to be pissed off. Now, they might play Tibbs there because that's what they did against Charles Leno, which is a good thing because usually the powerful edge rushers, they do play the right side, but it's a, ta- it's a challenge for them to play against the powerful tackles. So there's that. Anyway, moving forward, we look to the defense. Christian Barmore, 27 tackles, 3 sacks, 5 tackles for loss, 6 quarterback hits. 10 QB pressures. You look at the guy who's questionable, Jawan Bentley, who's in the middle of their defense. 68 tackles, 3 sacks, 5 tackles for loss, 7 quarterback hits, and 11 QB pressures. And then also as well, you look at his coverage stats. 
Not great, but not terrible either. He's given up a touchdown, 84.9 passer rating, 72% completion, 137 yards. You look at this guy, and not a lot of people are talking about him. PFF rates him high, and I think he's played well in New England, just, you know, the eye test. Jelani Tavai, three quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss, forced fumble, a completion percentage allowed in coverage of 60. He's got an interception on the year and a 54 passer rating allowed, 109 yards, and 61 total tackles on the season and four quarterback pressures. Uh, this guy was a draft bust. He was a second-round pick, I believe, in Detroit. They couldn't do anything with him, and now he's a New England Patriot. Kind of the opposite of Trey Flowers. Um, Trey Flowers actually was a good draft pick, but they didn't elect to resign him, and then he went to Detroit, and then, you know, I think he either retired or is back with New England, just we haven't seen him. Uh, Jonathan Jones, as we talked about, three pass deflections on the season, Completion percentage of 60.7 allowed in coverage. No interception, 289 yards, one touchdown allowed, and 107.6 pass rating. So not the greatest. We move to the other corner you guys should be familiar with, J.C. Jackson. Six pass deflections and interception on the year. He's split it between two teams. Um, I'll go over the completion percentages individually and all that other stuff. So with the Chargers, that's where he started out before he got traded. 46.2 completion percentage, one interception, 72 passer rating, and one touchdown allowed. Then you go to New England, where he's played more of the games. A 51.5 completion percentage allowed, which still isn't bad, but the passer rating is high at 102.6, three touchdowns allowed, and uh, no interceptions. But he's allowed more yards to New England, not per completion, though, because per completion... J.C. Jackson allowed more big plays with the Chargers. I guess he didn't like that Brandon Staley defense. But uh, it averages out to a 50% completion this year. One touchdown. Actually, no. Four touchdowns allowed. 93.9 passer rating and one interception. So then we look at the one of the stars and one of the fan favorites. And we know this guy well. His name is Jabril Peppers. He's played really well in New England. And he's kind of perfect for that, system, for that uh, defensive system. Four tackles for a loss, quarterback hit, forced fumble, INT, completion percentage and coverage of 57.7, nice passer rating at 66, one touchdown allowed, and 119 yards allowed in pass coverage. And two quarterback pressures to go along with 59 tackles. So, this guy's been playing lights out, and he's going to be in the box. He might be in the slot a few times. He might be deep. This guy's going to be all over the field. We know how he used to play with the Giants, so... Again, look for Jabril Peppers to be an X-factor, in my opinion, on the New England defense. So, we move to the top matchups, but first, we got to talk about SeatGeek. If you guys have already, please go out and use the SeatGeek code. If you're going to a concert, or you're going to tailgate, and you need a parking pass, or you're going to a ball game in general, go out there and purchase some tickets on SeatGeek with the promo code BigBlueInTheBronx to get $20 off on your entire order. So... Move to top matchups, Deontay Banks versus Devontae Parker or Demario Douglas. Um, it's going to be an either-or matchup. I think he might go against Demario Douglas. I wouldn't care who he goes up against. Um, you know, Devontae Parker's a bigger receiver. He's got the, the fade, the 50-50 ball type guy. Um, and Banks, I think, should practice against that. Why not? And, again, also Demario Douglas, who I think he could outmaster personally, and he should because he got first-round pick compared to, like, fifth, sixth-round pick from two different sets of schools and two different sets of conferences, competition, all that. 
Uh, Dory Jackson also against Demario Douglas and Devontae Parker. So it's going to be interesting who they pair them up against. And then you got JMS versus Christian Barmore and Lawrence Guy. Lawrence Guy hasn't had the greatest year, but Barmore has been solid. He was a 2021 draft pick, I believe, out of Alabama. Yeah, I believe it was Alabama 2021 draft pick. Um, he's got, I believe he's the leading sacker if you take away uh, Matt Judon. He's got like three and a half this year. So, um, JMS is going to need to play some good ball. Play some good pass protection, running game, all that sort of stuff. Um, and also Ben Bredis and Justin Pugh as well in the interior. Uh, Cordell Flott versus Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think Trey Hawkins will play. Uh, because obviously Dory Jackson is looking to be back. So it's Cordell Flott versus Juju Smith-Schuster. This could be an either-way matchup. Flott has played really well over the last few weeks, you know, outside of punching somebody. And also from some plays against the Cowboys. But it's not like this offense is like, you know, oh my God, they're explosive. Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't had the greatest year because the quarterback play sucks. So I expect Flott to win most of those matchups. Xavier McKinney versus Hunter Henry. Looking for McKinney to take most of those. I think there's a possibility, too, that you'll have Jason Pinnock in coverage. And statistically, he hasn't done bad in coverage. Statistically, he hasn't done bad. Uh, we'll look at McKinney's cover stats first. He hasn't allowed a touchdown. 89.9 passer rating, 65.1 completion percentage, and 346 yards allowed. If you look at Nick McLeod... Actually, not McLeod. We could also go to him, too, because he could be factored in as a rotational corner. And I think he should get more playing time. But uh, let's go to Jason Pinnock. Mr. Jason Pinnock this year in coverage and all that. One touchdown allowed, 72.6 passer rating, 51.6 completion percentage, and 225 yards with the interception, of course. And a sack, too. So you could pair him up against Hunter Henry. But again, for this case, I might rather Xavier McKinney. And why not? Because I mentioned the name. Let's look up Nick McLeod. Just in case somebody goes down and McLeod starts playing. He's allowed an 18.8 passer rating this year. No touchdowns. 48 yards. 41.7 completion percentage. This guy should get more playing time in my opinion. There's not a place to put him. But if you're looking for corners for the future, I think McLeod should be number four. And Hawkins is like number five. But then you got Kayvon Thibodeau versus Mike Onwenu. And uh, could be Vidarian Lowe. Could be Riley Reef, Could be... Uh, Trent Brown. I want to see him go up against Trent Brown, see how he does. Onwenu is good as a tackle, too. So, you know, those are two very good offensive linemen. But if he goes against Vidarian Lau, I expect a lot of production. Um, again, he is number five from last year. I do expect production either way. And he's played up to that slowly, 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 is in, you know, in consistency level. So, um, also Aziz, too. But I haven't really seen much out of Aziz to expect consistency. So, keys to win. Number one is get to Mac or Zappy. Obviously, we don't have Dexter Lawrence. Blitz, blitz, blitz. Cover your guys downfield. Make Mac Jones confused. Have him fumble the ball. Have him, you know, think twice about different things and have him throw some picks. That's the best way you're going to play defense. And also... Number two is stop the run, and I have it over offense because we don't really expect much from the Giants on offense, but uh, number two is stop the run. They're going to try to expose this Dexter Lawrence absence, so Rakim Nunez-Roches, DJ Davidson, Jordan Riley, and Ashawn Robinson will have to play their best ball this week because I would expect Dexter Lawrence to come back against the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football, 
this week they're going to have to play their best ball. And also Isaiah Simmons and uh, Micah McFadden as well. Because, and then also Dane Belton too, if you put him in the box, because Bobby Okereke has a fractured rib. And he's not going to be 100% on the field. So stop the run. And then number three, make most of offensive opportunities. You know, if you've got seven points and you're up, and again, this is coming from a fan who wants the Giants to lose for draft picks, but realistically speaking, I have to be objective. If you want to make the most of the opportunities offensively, score in the red zone, get points, score on field goals, do all that good stuff, and just play, don't play keep away, but play time of possession, run the football if you can, tire out the defense, and then defense, hey, listen, just go out and play your best ball. But uh, score prediction-wise, I think the Patriots are going to win this game 12-7. to I don't think it's going to be a good offensive game. I do think the rushing yards will pick up for the New England Patriots because of the Dexter Lawrence absence. Yes, that's how much I, you know, like Dexter Lawrence and kind of, again, if Bobby Okereke was not, you know, dealing with a fractured rib, I would say, okay, you know, maybe the Giants can still play the run well. If Leonard Williams was still here, maybe they could still play the run well. A little worried about that. A little worried about Bill O'Brien and them taking advantage of that. But uh, Patriots, 12-7. I will be at the game. So if you guys have any questions you want to throw my way for me to try to get to Coach Dable, let me know. Like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops through drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool.